Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thanks so much. Thank you, everyone. Before you sit down, uh, just high five the person, give them a hug. Just tell them they look amazing today. Amen. Fantastic. How are we all doing this morning? Awesome. So, so great to be here and thanks for being here and uh, welcome to everybody online as well. It's so uh, super exciting to have you joining with us. Um, One of our core values here at Manningham Christian Centre is that we are community champions. So in other words, we are about championing community. And some people say, you know, oh, you know, it's up on our signage out the front. And, and some, a lot of people sort of stop and ask, you know, what, what, what's that all about? You know, uh, are, are you proclaiming, are you saying that you are community champions? And I would like to say, Yes, because we are. We're doing a lot within the community. We're punching above our weight, as it were, and uh, there's a lot of exciting and good things happening. But you see, um, it's, it's both within and without, amen? So it's community within the body uh, in terms of what we're going to talk about today, but it's also community outreaching into uh, the community around us, and that is not just through CareNet. It is through our neighbourhoods, it's through our every single interaction with another human being. You know why? Because every human being is made in the image of God. And we are recognising that the presence of God longs to dwell within them. And there are people at certain different levels, aren't there? You know, there are people who have just kind of, you know, just maybe exploring uh, uh, their, their God journeys, exploring uh, where God is for them. But there are other people who are equally exploring where God is and yet are looking in, unfortunately, the wrong places, right? <laughs> Hello? But the truth is this, is that everybody is searching. You see, um, you know, the Bible says that God places eternity in men's hearts, right? And what that is, is that is a yearning for, for eternity, a yearning for a spiritual significance that only God can give and only God can bring. That's an amen, right? All right, you with me? And so there is this there is this emphasis here that we are all on our individual journeys, but the truth is is that whilst we have an individual journey, our individual journey is incredibly and intrinsically linked to community. It is absolutely connected to the person you're sitting beside. Your journey is connected to the person you're sitting in front of. 
to the person who's sitting behind you. Your journey and their journey are incredibly linked. Amen? Today, we're actually going to be talking about growing community and kingdom goals. Growing community and kingdom goals. If you've got your Bibles open, and if you haven't, that's your cue to open it. And turn to Psalm 103. I love Psalm 103. We're going to bring it up. If I can just grab that first slide up. Yeah, can I grab the first slide, our first slide, please? Thanks so much. We're going to be diving into Psalm 133, and I know I just said Psalm 103. We're going to be diving into Psalm 133. You'll see that there's Psalm 134 behind us. Can we read that together? What does it say? Lift up your hands. Oh, hang on. What, what does it say, guys? Like, come on. Oh, here we go. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Um, we're going to be talking about lifting up our hands and what that is all about. We're going to be talking about community. We're going to be talking about mirror neurons. If you, haven't, if you don't know what that is, that's something might be something new. We're going to be talking about um, what it is to respond to a command of the Lord. So are you still at 103? Yeah, you're still there. Fantastic. All right. So Psalm 103 is a command. How many remember all the Ten Commandments? Yeah, you can remember them, Sam? Ish? It's a bit of an ish, isn't it? I can remember most of them. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Uh, Don't commit adultery. Um, um, Don't barrack for Collingwood. Uh, Was that one of them? Um, No. it, you know, it's a bit like, oh, commands. Because, you know, we, we can be a little bit loosey-goosey when it comes to God's commands. We can sort of just like make them, you know, come around and, oh, well, we've got to understand within the context of the season and the time. And, you know, you're not allowed to eat that and you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I understand that. But we've got to understand that there are commandments that are absolute within the Bible. All right. And I love this commandment. And I know you are going to love this one as well. I know. I know you're going to absolutely adore this one. You ready? It says this. Where is it? It says this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. All right? Go to the next bit. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Next bit. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Just stop there. Isn't that remarkable? Who needs their youth renewed like the eagles? You know, I tell you right now, I sit down on the couch for an hour and it's a little bit harder to get up than 10 years ago. Anybody remember that? Everybody will say, well, I'd love to be 46, Matt, but I'm not, you know, that was a long time ago. Yes, it shows sometimes, but it's, hey, guess what? Guess what? There is a promise here in Psalm 103. Are you catching it this morning? 
Are you going to appropriate it this morning? I would encourage you to pick this baby up because it is a really, really good psalm. All right, what's the next verse say? The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. And you might think, oh, well, you know, that's the third world countries and, and you, know, that, you know, I'm not really oppressed. And, hey, guess what? There's areas of your life that might be oppressed. There's areas that you might need freedom in. Hello? You want freedom in some of those areas? You know, there might be addictive cycles and I'm not talking just about, you know, whether, you know, I don't know, smoking or pornography or there might be addictive cycles like, like the way that you think or the way that you respond in certain areas. And you see, there's a promise here that, that, he, that he says, he executes justice for all who are oppressed. Guess what? Guess what? The Lord has not made you to be oppressed in any area. He, the Lord says that He has come that we may have life. That He who the Son sets free is what? Free, free indeed. So who's ready for a bit of flipping freedom? Amen? All right, there's a few areas that we need a bit more freedom in. Can I get an amen to that? All right. And so he, um, he made his, verse seven, he made his own, his no, he made known his ways to Moses and the acts of children of Israel. So he partnered with Moses. Um, the Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He who loves God's mercy. Man, I need God's mercy every single day. Amen, right? He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. In other words, in other words, his mercy is always available. He's not angry with you. That's a word for somebody here today. God is not angry with you. God is not angry with you. He is not an angry God. He's a God of justice. He's a God to be in awe of, but he is not angry with you. Amen? He has not dealt with us according to his, our, our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Why? Because he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross. That's why we celebrated communion this morning. Amen? For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who... I, I just want to keep on reading, but I want to come back to this verse here. Go back to verse 1. It doesn't say, have a think about blessing the Lord. Have a think about not forgetting all of his benefits. There is a commandment. How many have woken up in the morning and their soul is a little bit flat? <laughs> yeah. yeah? How many get around about three o'clock in the afternoon, you're ready for your afternoon coffee, your soul's a little bit flat? No, that's just chemical imbalance, you need your caffeine, right? <laughs> I love this psalm because there is a commandment in it that says, bless the Lord, you soul. It's this. I am telling myself, bless 
the Lord. Who loves to tell themselves something? Look in the mirror. Gee, you look good. Do not get off me. Do not get off me. No, you have to take the doona off. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then this next bit. And forget not his benefits. I'll I'll tell you one thing. Just spend five minutes a day remembering the benefits of God for your life. It'll change your perspective on the day. And if you need to remember what those benefits are, well, where do we begin? (laughs) It's like, well, Jesus died. He set me free. The Lord says that he gives the righteous a peaceful sleep. He's healed your body. You're alive. Amen? <laughs> Do you want me to keep going? He set you free. Um, did you eat last night? He gave you food. You've got clothes on? Yep, last time I checked. Yes. That's a good start. I mean, all of these benefits that God has given to, that God has given to, Forget not his benefits, amen? That's the truth. We are to remember them. Never forget them. And we have to understand that the benefits of the Lord are in community. Not only, but they're a really, really big key. So we're going to explore that a little bit. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm just going to fix something here. That should be good now. Is that good now? Great. Thanks for your patience there. So how are we supposed to live in community? How are we supposed to tap into some of these benefits that take place in community? How are we supposed to live in unity? I mean, (laughs) sometimes it's hard enough to be in unity in a marriage, right? Let alone a whole community of people. Yep. How are we supposed to be in unity as a church. Different walks, different backgrounds, different ages, different ethnicities, different back, you know, you get the picture, right? 
How are we supposed to be in unity as a community, a common unity? How are we supposed to be in unity of a Sunday morning when there's, when there's been a, a late night Saturday night or a, or, or, or a difficult week or, and then we come in and then the speaker, the senior pastor or whoever's speaking gets up and says, Psalm 103, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And you go, I don't really feel like that today. Friends, a beautiful thing is that we remind each other of the Lord's benefits. Turn to the person beside you and say, I really thank you, you're here today. Turn to the other person beside you and say, I really thank you, you're here today. Do you know why that's so important? Look at all the smiles on your faces all around. It's just changed the atmosphere here. And yet some Sundays you look a bit sour. You really do. You know why? Because I just, I just see this element of, hey, remember how valued the person beside you is. Remember how valued you are. And sometimes we need somebody else to remind us of that value. Because guess what? You're a child of God. You're created in the image of the very, the very God who created all of heaven and earth. He values you so much that Jesus Christ died for your sin, wiped it all away, that you are, as the Bible says, as white as snow. Though your sins be as scarlet red, He's washed you white as snow. Have you ever been to the snow? You need sunglasses on a bright and sunny day because it's just like, oh my gosh. And I, 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 even now after that smile, I look out and I'm going, I need my sunglasses. Just Everybody stop smiling. It's just like, whoa. Friends, this is what common unity, this is what community, this is what being in unity is all about. Turn to Psalm 133. It says this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Now, 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 before you go, well, what about all the women? Guess what? Brethren, that's just a word of the day, okay? It means everybody, all right? Is that cool? Don't get offended or anything like that. If you get offended at little things like that, you carry a spirit of offence and you will get offended at anything and everything, okay? All right, and you'll be a very unpopular person creating disunity. So just deal with that and nip it in the bud now. Is that cool? All right, you know, you know, you know a wife who carries offence says, you know, a husband says to her, you look beautiful today. And a wife who carries offence assumes that she didn't look beautiful yesterday, right? Does it, do I look fat in this? No. Which one do you prefer? Anna all the time will hold up. Which one shall I wear? That one. I know she'll choose the other one. It's not because she has a spirit of offence, but that was just a tidbit for you, right? The truth is this, don't be offended, be unoffendable, be unflappable, amen? That was free, not in the notes. Here we go. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for everyone, brethren, women, men, children, to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Guess what? When you're together in unity, you're like an oil dripping down some old bloke's beard. Hang on. We'll come back to that, all right? You ready? Running down the edge of his garments. 
Oh, this is better. It's like the Jew with Herman. Well, who the flip's Herman? <laughs> Herman Munster? He wasn't very Jewy. Descending upon the mountains of Zion. Well, that sounds a bit nicer. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Everybody say life forevermore. Amazing, right. All right, so let's just have a look at this for a minute and let's just pull this into reality, right? Okay. Behold. Do you know what it means when it says behold? Look and be amazed. That's what it is. Look and be amazed. That's how I felt when I saw Richmond score on the weekend. <laughs> Look and be amazed. What on earth are you doing? Look, behold, how good and how pleasant it is. And we're not saying, oh, well, that's very pleasant. Anybody know somebody who's a little bit pompous? Oh, very pleasant. There's a lot more power in it than this, all right? How pleasant it is, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Yeah, I'll tell this story. Uh, what year was it? When did Richmond win the premiership? Again. Uh, and... No, 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 <laughs> 1943, yeah. Uh, and uh, it was, they played Adelaide Crows, Some one year, don't worry about it. Anyway, the emphasis is not Tigers, but the truth is this, is that the first half of the game was a little bit close, but Richmond, had, as, a, as a team, had just started to pull away in the score. And I, I know somebody who uh, works in the club rooms at the time. And at half time, the media, generally speaking, there would be media at the rooms, at both rooms. But after half time, all the media packed up in the Adelaide Crows and came over to Richmond. And they said, why? What, ha- what happened? What's, what's going on? And the media said, oh, Richmond have won. It's only half time. You know, I mean, Johnny Walsfold said in a press conference, it's hard to win a game of footy these days, right? But they said, why? 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 How do you know that? Is there something we don't know? And they said that as the Adelaide team came off the ground, they were infighting with each other and arguing with each other. Thus began their demise and the loss of that grand final. Friends, it's not just pleasant, it's crucial. A kingdom goal is to maintain unity. There is justice, there is righteousness, there is peace, but to maintain unity is absolute key for hosting the presence of God and stewarding a revival that God is bringing to this city. Unity. 
dwelling together. It is like the precious oil running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. What we have to understand is what happens in unity is that God's anointing, the oil is always representative of God's anointing. Why? The anointing, the Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke. The yoke of what? The yoke of bondage. And I started off today saying, who wants to be free? Because he who who the Son sets free is free indeed, right? Guess what? You can't have freedom until you start to walk in the anointing of God. And that is something for each and every single person. It's not just for somebody who holds a credential, plays the keyboards and plays a guitar. Definitely not for drummers. But the truth is this, the anointing of God is for every single one of you. The Bible says, don't you know that you are all kings and priests? Paul was very clear as he wrote that. We all have access to the anointing. And when we dwell together in unity, guess what? Guess what happens? If somebody walks in not really feeling the anointing, guess what? As they step into unity, the anointing breaks out. And it breaks forth. And often people have walked in here and they say, I don't know what's going on, but I'm crying. Or I don't know what's going on, but I just feel at home. I don't know what's going on. We have people weekly walk in for the social grocer of a Thursday, which is available to everybody, mind you. They come in, they say, oh, it just feels so lovely in here. You know why? Because how good and how pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity, it changes atmospheres, it adjusts things within the community and the anointing of God dwells. And the anointing of God comes to what? To set people free. Hello? You know what a beard represented back then? For men, generally not women. Generally. It represented, it represented, you know, authority. It, it represented, not just I'm a man, but it represented, you know, his glory. A beard was like glory for men. I want to emphasise that. It's like the Jew of Hermon. Again, there's two references to the anointing. The Jew of Hermon, again, is the anointing. So at night, the Jew, they would say, talk about the Jew of heaven would come down. And we're talking about, you know, water to nourish the land. Before the flood, a heavy Jew would come down and water the land. It would be, everything would be wet, right? And the Jew of Hermon, so Hermon's not a person, it's a place, right? And it was a beautiful place, a para, a, like a paradise place. A, a Jew of Hermon. It's like the anointing comes down. Zion, what's that represented of? The kingdom, heaven, right? The kingdom is at hand. It's now. Hello? You are the kingdom of heaven. You are the kingdom of God. You are Zion. Isn't this amazing? Hmm. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So in unity, there's blessing. The Lord commands it. We've, we've talked about two commands today. Number one, forget not all of His blessings. 
Hello? Forget not all of his benefits. There's a command here. Don't never forget it. Always be reminded of it. And if you forget it, guess what? I'm here to remind you of it. (laughs) And so is the person beside you and so is the person behind you and so is the person in front of you. Forget not. Remember it. And if you have trouble remembering it when you're on your own, write it down. Put it on a note on your dashboard. Put it up on the back of the toilet door. Put it in your bathroom. Put it somewhere where you're going to be reminded of it. Declare it over your life. Why? Because our soul leaks. We run out of juice sometimes. And we need that little, hey, we're going to get up and do it. Amen? What does the blessing look like? Open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. TK, I'm going to let you control those slides. I don't even know where I'm at. Proverbs 10.22 says this, The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. Who wants an amen to that? Come on. Who wants to be wealthy? I'd like to have a bit more. Who's already wealthy? Um, Ron, did you get those names? As the treasurer, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 listen, listen. In Australia, in Australia, we are in the top, what, 3% of the world? We're, we're all good, right? But how many know, how many know that there is more in God to experience? How many know that it's not just about a dollar value? It's not, a, it's not just about what we have and what we don't have, Amen. So we have to walk in good stewardship of all of that, amen? But there is a promise here, the blessing of the Lord. Oh, hold on a second, hang on. Didn't he say, for there the Lord commands the blessing, life forevermore? The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, wealth, and he adds no sorrow to it. We see, this is a tricky thing here, isn't it? How many know people who are extremely wealthy, but they've got a whole lot of sorrow? Why? Because wealth doesn't, doesn't, doesn't fix that issue. But you see, when the Lord blesses, what He actually does is He gives you what you need when you need it to the extent that you can handle it. Because He knows that sometimes if He gives you too much, it's going to destroy you. Hello? Hello? So we have to understand that we are walking with the Lord. We know that that God says His yoke is easy and His burden is light. In other words, you know, He is His yoke. He is He is working side by side with us through this. Amen. And He adds no sorrow to it. In other words, He protects us from the sorrow that extreme wealth or any wealth can bring. He protects us from that. Proverbs 4 is all about wisdom, walking in wisdom. Hello? How many know that it was, it was Solomon? Solomon asked for wisdom first. He didn't, he didn't ask. The Lord said, ask for anything you want. And Solomon responded with a really good response. What did he say? He said, just give me wisdom to lead your people right. Right? 
pretty amazing, good, good response, eh? He had an ounce of wisdom to begin with. Maybe he learned from his father's mistakes a little bit. And then God said, well, because you didn't ask for your enemies to be annihilated, I'm going to give you that anyway. And there'll be no other person as wealthy as you. Never has there been nor ever will there be. To the extent that silver was worthless, there was so much of it. Pretty amazing. Hello? Friends, it's not just about, we're not talking just about wealth. We're talking about the blessing of God. We've got to long for the blessing of God, amen? We've got to walk in wisdom. And where he says he adds no sorrow to it means that we are full of wisdom and we are able to steward that blessing well. Okay? Let's keep walking. Unity is key for an enriched personal walk. I'm not going to ask for hands up. But ask yourself, when the going gets tough, do you become a solo act? Sometimes that's a personality thing. Sometimes it's an experience thing. Sometimes it's because there may not be people in your life that you feel safe enough to be able to walk with. But friends, God has not designed you to be a solo act when the going gets tough. He's designed you to walk with others. Hello? The world says do it yourself. DIY, right? Sometimes you do have to do it yourself. Sometimes I think this generation coming through needs to be told to do a few things themselves. But your enrichment, your wealth is closely linked to how you walk in unity with those around you. And the emphasis is how you walk in unity, not just walking in unity. Because our, our motive has to be for the benefit of others. Amen? Hello? He's, he's still there? Yeah. Okay. Our, the, our motive has to be for the benefit of others. Otherwise, it's false unity. Well, the Bible says that all the time, doesn't it? He says, you know, Jesus said, love your enemies, right? Well, that kind of make, maintains like this community in unity, doesn't it? Because if I don't love my enemies, well, then I am indifferent to them. And the Bible says, you're just the same as everybody else. <laughs> you're just the same as the world. I have to love Collingwood supporters. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Have you ever been slapped in the face? <laughs> I've dodged a couple. Let me just clarify that for a minute. <laughs> you know when brothers bicker? Yeah, I'll just leave it there. The Bible says, if somebody asks you for a tunic and you've got two, give him the other one. Friends, this is unity, isn't it? 
The last shall be first. Hang on, doesn't the world say the first shall be first? No, but this is an upside down kingdom as compared to the world because the last shall be first. The least shall be greatest. This is why we've been talking about serving so much lately. It's because if we don't serve, if we don't have an element of serving in our life, then what happens is that we very quickly and very easily come into a self-serving, self-centred position. Amen? So our vision statement is that we are a large community where the perfect love of Jesus embraces all. We embrace everybody. Friends, this is in unity. You know what, the world has, we have this thing at the moment and, and, and I think it's important to say that, that, you, you know, that we think we have to agree with each other to be in unity. That's not what I'm talking about. We can have a difference of opinion and still love each other and walk towards unity. Just because I don't agree doesn't mean I hate you. Just because we don't agree about something, you know, Hungry Jacks or McDonald's burgers, which are the best? Like, Hungry Jacks. Anyone Maccas? Oh, we got a Maccas up here. Grilled burgers or snits? Grilled all the way. Everybody say at once their favourite fish and chip shop. No, 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 it's Nico's up in Mandanenong Road, Croydon. We can have differences of opinion, but I still love you. Why? Because I see you as a child of God. Why? Because I see you created in the image of God. Hello? That's why we can embrace all. That's why we can fulfil our vision statement as a church. Hello? Amen? Okay. I got everybody thinking about burgers and fish and chips, so just come back here. All right. My emphasis is not carrying a presupposed presupposed question is, are we divided? No, I don't believe we're divided as a church. Uh, Are we divided? Um, Is the community divided? I think there's some dangerous polarising things that are happening within the community. Very dangerous. Is the church the answer to that? Yes. That means you and I are the answer to that. Hello? Um, I don't so much want to ask the question, are we divided? But I want to ask a better question. Are we all working toward what God has purposed for us as a church and as individuals? It's a better question. Well, I would like to think that we are as a church. I would like to think so. But can I just take that question to somewhere better? Can we be more unified as a church? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely we can be more unified. And guess what? There's the promise attached to it. 
Because there the Lord commands a blessing, the anointing that comes down upon the beard of Aaron, that comes down upon the glory that you carry, that comes down, that breaks off all bondage, that brings freedom into your life. And guess what? As you start to walk in unity with others, then it catches on them too and it catches on them and you begin to walk with them and then suddenly we see a large community church (laughs) affecting great change, building unity in the community, saying that, hey, we can have a difference of opinion, but I still love you. Hey, guess what? You can cut me off on the road, but I still love you. Hey, guess what? You know, I can get my fish and chips and my hamburger six minutes late, but I still love you but don't ever let it be cold (laughs) we can be unified in worship we can be more unified in worship hello that doesn't mean that we look all the same that doesn't mean that we do all the same things I loved last week that as we began to worship some people came forward they moved from where they were into a new place why to bring some new expression of the Lord can I ask you one thing is God bored with your worship I if I was him I would be <laughs> praise God I'm not him I think sometimes there's a level of creativity that we can tap into, that, hey, we can lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Hello? Oh, it's quiet now. All right, let's do this. I did promise we were gonna talk about motor neurons. All right. Let's promise this. I'm going to land it like this. Are we ready? Yes. Jim Rohn, who's a motivational speaker, um, talked about this. He said uh, um, he, he wrote a book and in the book he talked about the law of averages. And the law of averages, um, do I need to explain it? It's like um, that the theory is that the result of any given situation will be the average of all the potential outcomes. Did I lose you on that? Are we okay? So the law of averages, right? And so, um, <clears throat> you know, there can be one player on a football team but that, that might play a blisteringly unbelievable game. Um, but the truth is the team will only play as good as the average of the entire team. Okay, right? So we are exactly the same. And so Stacey Flowers, a, uh, another motivational speaker and author, um, on, accomplished entrepreneur, writer, speaker, coach, and mum, that's important to add that in. She built on Jim Rohn's statement from, uh, from, the, from uh, uh, the, the law of averages and leaned further into the subject, explaining that in order to drive our own life forward, whether it's professional or personal success, whether it's our levels of happiness or anything like that, is that she indicated, and I'll propose this to you to think about, it's not the Bible, but I think it's worthy of our consideration, is that that there are five key people that should be represented, represented, that should be present within our life. And those five key people are these. 
a cheerleader, somebody who encourages you. A mentor, somebody who advises you. A coach, somebody who motivates you. A friend, somebody who's a friend. And a peer, somebody who you see a bit like your equal. If you're married, now's the opportunity to say, honey, you're all of those people to me. Like, no? Okay. And immediately, as soon as we start to begin to think about this, we start to think, well, who are those people in my life? But I think there's a better question. Which one of those are you? And to whom? Because friends, that's community. That's community. Because the world would look at that list and say, mm, I don't have a cheerleader. So immediately you start to judge those that might be a coach. Well, you're not cheering me on, right? And we become me-centric as opposed to, hey, I want to be a cheerleader to people when they need a cheerleader. You know, little mini skirt, pom-poms. I want to be a mentor. I want to be a coach. I want to be a friend to those who need a friend. I want to be a peer. Somebody who comes along somebody else and just says, hey. God has designed us in his image. And the scripture that I'll just quickly refer to is not here right now. <laughs> scripture, I'm pretty sure it's 1 Corinthians 3, maybe. And it says this. It says that we, are looked, we look to the Lord and we reflect his glory. And then we go from beholding, we look to Jesus, beholding him as in a mirror. And therefore we are changed from glory to glory. You got me? Yeah. Right. We have been intrin intrinsically designed to be mirrors. <sighs> have you ever noticed that yawns are catching? They're a bit contagious. There's actually been a study done that if you are told, yeah, I saw that. If you are told, yeah, yeah, that's a bit of a stretch. It's like a physical yawn going on over there. If you are told not to yawn, it's actually, it's a proven study that it's harder to stop it. It's, in, it's interesting. Why? 
is because within our bodies, within our minds, what actually happens is we have been designed with what's called mirror neurons. And what it does is it helps our social construct. The physical thing of yawning is a very, uh, very fast and direct injection of oxygen to our brain. Is it a sign of being tired? Well, yes, it can be a sign of being tired. But scientists are actually only just starting to discover the significance of mirror neurons that affect things like Tourette's and impulsive things that happen. Because a yawn generally is impulsive. If you see somebody else yawn. If I'm talking to you face to face and I keep on scratching my nose, eventually you will touch your nose or your face as well is because deep within us, there are mirror neurons of which we reflect that which we gaze upon. And this is why we behold as in a mirror Jesus Christ and we reflect his glory. Where do we reflect his glory? To those around us. And guess what? Then the mirror neurons within them begin to fire and we start to reflect each other. Anybody notice that, like, pet owners start to look like their dogs? <laughs> You'll take that? Right. With a cat, dog, like that. Well, look after pigs. Does that mean? No. Stop. The truth is this, is that God has designed us beautifully. You are designed perfectly. You are designed physically in a chemical way, in a cellular way to reflect his glory here on earth, his blessing here on earth. He has positioned you perfectly to engage with his spirit. He has designed you with a spirit to connect with his holiness, with his anointing. He's designed your soul to reflect his glory and it needs to remember the benefits that he has, the promises that he has for you. And he has even designed your body to reflect those around you and to reflect his glory to those around you. This is why it's so important that we lift up holy hands. Because something happens when we do this. Just lift up your hands right now. Something happens in the room when we do this. And so many of us think, well, it's it's about surrender. I don't think it is just about surrender. Something happens when we step into this place of enlarging the space that we take up. 
We know that psychologically, a person who is timid, a person who is not confident, often will make themselves small. As opposed to somebody who's totally comfortable in being identified as the child of the living God. Somebody who's totally comfortable with saying, Lord, you commanded me to lift up hands in your sanctuary and I will bless you. So that in worship, you will be glorified. So that in worship, I will reflect your glory. There's something that happens when you walk into a room and there are people with their hands up. Heavenly Father, right now, we just thank you for your presence. We just thank you for the life that you bring. Lord, help us walk in community. Help us walk unified in your presence. Help us lift up others around us. Help us be a people who walk in your anointing as we love those around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.